Welcome to Economic Development Secrets, where economic developers from across the country spill their secrets to our host, Nicole D'Souza. You'll hear firsthand accounts from economic developers in the trenches, from what works to what doesn't work, how deals come together or how deals go bad. You'll hear everyone's economic development secrets. Welcome to Economic Development Secrets. This month's special guest is Phoebe Fleming, Director of Research at the Orlando Economic Partnership. Phoebe discusses the merging of her organization, the Orlando Economic Development Commission, with the Central Florida Partnership, and she discusses how this merger has impacted how her organization views and conducts economic development. She also shares why her organization focuses on broad-based prosperity. Here are Phoebe's economic development secrets. Hi, Phoebe. Thank you so much for joining us today. Hi, Nicole. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Well, will you start out by telling the audience a little bit about yourself, please? Sure, of course. Um, I was kind of thinking about how to do this, and I think the easiest way is just to start from the most recent and work backwards, even though it's not really that long of a history. Um, so I've actually been in Orlando for a little over two years at the Orlando Economic Partnership. Um, I'm the director of research here and really came to Orlando straight out of grad school. So I went to Duke for my master's degree in management, and that was a one-year program where we spent half of our time in Durham, North Carolina at Duke's campus there, and then the second half in China at Duke's campus outside of Shanghai in Kunshan. And so whenever people ask me where I came to Orlando from, I always have a hard time answering that question because um, the, the true answer is China. But I'm from Florida. I'm from St. Augustine. I went to the University of Florida for my undergraduate degree in economics. And while I was there at UF, I worked at the Gainesville Chamber of Commerce. And that's really where I was introduced to this whole world of economic development and learned the lingo and realized that there's a whole team of people, you know, in every city across the country working to build up the economy of their region. And I just thought that was really cool and exciting. That is. How cool. What a great experience to get to be in China as well. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. I bet. So tell us about Orlando. Yeah, of course. So Orlando, we spend a lot of time just here at the Orlando Economic Partnership really telling people outside of our market why Orlando is more than, you know, just tourism that everyone thinks, you know, everyone around the world knows us for, which is in some ways a very powerful thing because everyone around the world knows, knows of Orlando. You can say it anywhere and people go, oh, I know exactly, you know, I've been there and half the time is the response you get. Um, but really, we spend a lot of time talking about Orlando in terms of just that 20% of our employment here is based in leisure and hospitality. And so that includes hotels, restaurants and bars, and then people who, who work at theme parks. And not only, you know, people actually on the ground in theme parks, but then all of that back office support, any headquarters operations, that's all included in that 20%, which is a large number, but it's, you know, not quite as large as most people really think when you go out of market and people expect it to be 50, 60, 70% of Orlando's employment is in the leisure and hospitality industry, but really it's it's 20% and the other 80 is in uh, you know diverse industries. Our business support uh, sector is almost as large as leisure and hospitality and has been growing pretty rapidly. We also, our construction, um, transportation, 
uh, and manufacturing have all been some of the fastest growing industries really within Central Florida and within our region. And so when, when we talk about Orlando here at the Orlando Economic Partnership, we're really talking about, you know, we do economic development work for the three counties kind of surrounding Orlando. And so that's Orange, Osceola, and Seminole County, and then the city of Orlando. And then when you expand that out to just be our metropolitan area, we include Lake County in that. And then the partnership from a community development standpoint also, you know, works with Volusia, Brevard, and Polk County. So really, we, we cover a seven-county region here in the middle of Florida and really recognize that we're a pretty large economic engine for, for Florida for the third most populous state in the country. So we are, that represents 20% of Florida's GDP and all of, all of that good stuff that comes along with it. So, you know, we're a much more diverse economy than I think most people realize in terms of Orlando and then also just one of the fastest growing metros in the country as well. So by 2030, we're projected to continue to add 1,500 people a week to our population. And so that's a huge growth number, and it's not something that's necessarily new for this region either. So as demographics have been shifting nationally and people move into more sunbelt cities and states, we're really seeing that growth show up here in Orlando and across the whole Central Florida region, across I-4 into Tampa as well and really just trying to figure out how to wrap our arms around that growth and grow in, you know, a sustainable way is one of our, our big challenges, I think. Um, but really just in terms of, I don't know, our largest employers here, we of course have Disney World um, and Universal, but then also Advent Health, uh, Orlando International Airport is a huge employer. And then we also have a, a really large base in manufacturing and defense contracting with Siemens and Lockheed Martin and Northrop Grumman. And most people don't realize that because Orlando, downtown Orlando is really close to the Space Coast. And so you're about an hour's drive away from NASA and Kennedy Space Center and all of the different developments happening out there. And so with the University of Central Florida here, the second largest university in the country, kind of depending on the day and who you ask, it's either one or two. But we um, have a, a ton of talent that's produced here that goes to feed the, the Space Coast and our manufacturing industry as well. Well, lots happening in Orlando. Uh, I love hearing all the different things going on, especially because I think in general, people think of Orlando and think of entertainment, whether it is like the amusement parks that you mentioned or vacationing or flying into Orlando to go on a cruise or, you know, so it's great hearing about all the different things happening and especially with uh, just the influx of your population too. I mean, it's great for people to hear your message. Yeah, um, no, and you know, we talk about tourism as well, and I don't like this whole idea that, you know, it's a bad thing either to be so good at tourism because it really gives us a competitive advantage and right. the reasons that people want to come, you know, vacation here are the same reasons that people want to live here because it's, so it's great for, for talent attraction as well. And our tourism infrastructure really gives us kind of a leg up, too, in dealing with some of that growth. So, you know, we're used to moving people around from the airport to the theme parks to their hotels, and we're used to kind of to doing that. So we've got $10 billion in infrastructure improvements already, you know, happening or being done within the region. So our, our tourism base really does give us a leg up in a lot of other opportunities as well. 
Wonderful. Well, what would you say, since we're already kind of on this topic, what do you think some of the strengths of your organization are? Sure. I think, you know, it's in our name and it might sound corny, but I think our strength really is in our partnerships. So, you know, our largest employers in the region, uh, Walt Disney World Resort and Advent Health are two of our largest investors in our work, along with the Orlando Magic. So our, our partnerships that we have across the region with our investors and then our chamber members as well and the county and city governments that work with us from an economic development standpoint really allow us to kind of leverage their expertise in all the different things that we do. So, you know, when we have a working group come in or, for example, a recruiter's roundtable where we can, we're talking about talent attraction and how do you attract talent in a hot market and we have, you know, a group of recruiters and HR professionals that come in and it started as just one you know, group of people and it was meant to just kind of be one working group meeting and turned into a, a larger recurring meeting where we get to hear about some of the, the challenges and issues that they face. And so being able to leverage, you know, just the understanding and knowing what's happening in the community and bringing people into our office and going out into the community allows us to then take that information in and develop programs and things around that that, you know, are important to the business community as a whole. Absolutely. So being the Orlando Economic Partnership, um, how has the merging of your organization um, being, you know, the Orlando Economic Development Commission with the Central Florida Partnership impacted how your organization views and conducts economic development? Yeah, um, so just to give you a little bit of background there, it was a, two years ago, more now probably, that the, you know, the traditional Orlando Economic Development Commission merged with the Central Florida Partnership. And so the Central Florida Partnership was home to the Orlando Chamber of Commerce and along with our Leadership Orlando program, and they had a foundation for doing community development work. And so bringing those two organizations together, which isn't, you know, a new idea. I know that there are chambers and EDCs across the country that are the same organization and partner. But what it allowed us to do was really take a, a moment to define our mission and to decide how we are going to approach economic development. And so our overall mission here at the Orlando Economic Partnership really is to enhance broad-based prosperity in the Orlando region. And so that means, you know, to us creating an economy in a region that works for everyone. And so, you know, we kind of approach this through a bunch of different channels, just ranging from, you know, your traditional economic development. So bringing in companies here, attracting, retaining, helping them expand and strengthening our business community in general. So both, you know, our project managers and the, e, the former EDC side of the house are able to do that as well as work with our chamber team. And so we get the ability and we have the ability to work across an entire range of companies ranging from attracting, you know, Fortune 500 headquarters to working with new startups and small to medium-sized businesses. Um, so really it's, allowed us to kind of define define our mission really was I think the greatest you know outcome of that merger was to take a step and use some different tools and and bring in some consultants and think about how we were going to define Orlando and what our vision really is for 
this region and really pull together all of these resources for two different organizations that were working towards the same goals, but now we're all in the same, the same room in the same building doing it. That's an incredible strength to be able to have that unity and everyone working together and different perspectives coming together to give just a comprehensive, you know, uh, help to everyone and just that's awesome. I love hearing that. So uh, your organization focuses quite a bit on broad based prosperity. Um, why is it so important to you guys to be focusing on this? Yeah. Um... So, you know, it's interesting. We talk about what does that really mean? How do we define broad-based prosperity? And what we really come down to and how we really defined it is, in, you know, creating an economy that works for everyone. And we have a couple of different frameworks for thinking about that. And that really revolves around increasing opportunities. So increasing, you know, just bringing in jobs, bringing in companies, making sure that there are opportunities within that middle middle career ladder, you know, that we're looking at a whole range of jobs and opportunities, but then also making sure that our workforce and our talent have the capabilities to do those jobs. So whether that's in talent development or just health outcomes, you know, you can't, we don't, if we don't have a, a strong you know, workforce or talent pool or just population in general, then Orlando is not going to be a place that companies are going to want to move their operations and then really looking at access as well. And so that includes transportation and infrastructure and how is everyone able to actually access these opportunities or you know, are, are people educated? Are we increasing our college rates or looking at other options besides just a four-year degree as kind of the future of work changes really? So, you know, this all kind of, too, comes about in a time where we've been growing so rapidly. So our growth isn't, like I said, isn't really anything new. In the past, we've added 1,000 people a week to our community for several decades, and we're kind of seeing that ramp up. And that all kind of comes at a time, too, where we have, you know, across the country an issue with just general mo economic mobility and social mobility. And there, after the recession, we really didn't see jobs come back in the same way. You know, job numbers increased, but we didn't see those routine jobs or those middle wage jobs come back with the same strength. And it's really created a polarization of our labor market from either you have these really high end, high wage jobs or low end, you know, low wage jobs. And how do we build an economy where you have those ladders that gets you from one step to the other? And so, you know, we've gone through the longest economic expansion of, of the country's history. You know, we're still, our country's still expanding, GDP is still growing, but then our population, just in terms of Alice numbers, is also increasing. And so the United Way of Florida, every, I'm gonna say every two years, puts out a report called, you know, Alice, and that stands for Asset Limited Income Constrained Employed. And those are households that typically can't, you know, afford or take a $400 hit to their budget. They're employed, but they're living paycheck to paycheck. And so when we look at the numbers of households within our region who are at that number and below at the, at the federal poverty level, that number has increased, you know, that percentage-wise over the last two years. 
And so, you know, we have to take a step back and kind of ask, well, why is that? Our, our economy is expanding. We have all this growth. We know that we're expanding in all of these other industries as well. And But why is it that our households are struggling and how can we, you know, implement different changes and opportunities to do that? Well, how has your organization adopt, adapted your tactics and programs for economic development to address the goal of broad-based prosperity? Um, so we've done a bunch of different things and we're, you know, because we are new and young and we're really, we have new opportunities and we take a hold of new opportunities too. I feel like every week we're talking about something new or something else that we, we could be doing. But what we really started to focus in on is, you know, it's not a new idea to have targeted industries, right? And you have those clusters that you go after. But we also know that kind of by the time an industry turns into a NAICS code and becomes a, an industry cluster, it's, it's really developed and it's sat down and developed somewhere. And so we're looking at piloting some new research just on emerging technologies and how do we, how do we decide what those technologies of the future are going to be? You know, is it we talk about 5G, the Internet of Things, blockchain, and trying to understand those and where where we can plant a stake in the ground and really say, kind of realize what our strengths are, maybe from, you know, that tourism infrastructure explanation that I mentioned before. And so one example of that really is in autonomous vehicle technology. And we've kind of come to understand that Orlando and Central Florida is a great place to test autonomous vehicles because we have the scalability of that infrastructure and because we're so used to moving people around from place to place and you have a whole population of people, we get 72 million visitors a year in the region. And that means that you have people coming here to visit who are more willing to maybe try that technology, being able to say, hey, I'm on vacation, I'll test out an autonomous vehicle or an autonomous shuttle that'll take me from from the airport to my hotel or to the theme park. And so we have that infrastructure along with a really friendly legislative environment that allows us to kind of test some of these new and emerging technologies. And so that's one way we kind of see, you know, combining technology with advancing broad-based prosperity. Because if we can create those jobs and jobs within the middle wage or jobs out on those, you know, frontier industries, then we kind of foster an ecosystem of innovation and spur startups and things along those lines. And then we really combine that as well with kind of our regional talent initiatives. So I have um, amazing colleagues that work with me in on our foundation team who run our Young Professionals Advisory Council, and we just started an intern retention program as well to you know show interns exactly the other half of Orlando and talk about what what else is here and kind of retain that talent that comes to our companies for the summer, but then decide maybe they want to be in a New York or Atlanta or something along those lines because they just didn't get a chance to get out and see all of the cool things that we have to offer here. And then two, those two programs really kind of feed up into our leadership Orlando program. And so that's, you know, just by an alumni base, the largest leadership program in the country. And we have, I don't even know how many alumni, but a huge number that we bring through and really educate about these exact topics and talk about the future of our region and, you know, tell them about the Alice numbers and take them to different 
all of those different counties I named earlier and different parts of the region to kind of see and educate them on, on what's happening here and what our regional assets are. And then with those alumni too, so we just launched as well our Leadership Orlando 2.0 program. And so after you've gone through Leadership Orlando, the alumni really felt like they wanted to, to take that knowledge and do something more with it. And so we just, this, these past couple of months, are wrapping up the very first team, team one of our Leadership Orlando 2.0 program. And they were pitched different community issues. So ranging from the digital divide, food insecurity, and then social mobility. And they picked one and ended up selecting social mobility after showing them those numbers, you know, the Alice numbers and talking about how your prosperity is really defined by where you are born and where you grow up across the country. And they decided to kind of tackle that issue within Orlando and are using a collective impact framework to work together and then pass that baton on to the next group or team of alumni. They're going to come in and take over take over that issue. And so we're still, we're developing that program. We, it's been, I think, a really cool process to just be a part of so far as well and to see all of these, you know, really, you know, executives and powerful people within the region come together and learn about these issues that you might typically only learn about from a business standpoint if you were to take a day and go volunteer somewhere or something like that. And so really exposing our business community to our community development, you know, organizations and nonprofits in the region and try and figure out how to scale that work that they're doing. Um, and then finally, I think all of that really rolls together too in changing some of the metrics that we use. So we are going to soon be launching our regional prosperity scorecard that is going to include 11 metrics, they may change in the future, you know, we're still developing this framework, but it has 11 metrics that look at, you know, things beyond just our job growth rate. And so that's included in there, but we also want to look at our third grade reading proficiency levels and how many, what percentage of our population has to drive more than an hour a day for their commute to get to work. Um, and looking at health measures and things along those lines. And so those metrics fall into that framework I mentioned earlier with opportunities, access, and capabilities, and then trying to figure out how, how those things roll together and roll up within the economy to impact the broader, you know, look at those, those ALICE levels and our wellness score from the Gallup Index. So those are just a couple examples of some different programming that we've we've created too. And you know, I can't leave out our chamber as well. And so our chamber has really gone through an entire process of revamping their opportunities and offerings in terms of just educating, you know, helping our small and medium businesses understand some of those technology disruptions. We started a new program called Office Hours with uh, my boss, Dr. Dale Brill, and he, you know, will do an overview of some of those technologies and think about implications and how our business community that exists here currently needs to innovate and adapt um, in order to stay at pace with some of this technological disruption that we're seeing across the country. So those those are really just, just a few of the different opportunities that we've kind of dived into and are relating everything back to this idea of both economic, economic development and broad-based prosperity. 
Very cool. I love all the different programs that you have going on and how cool that you're able to test out different technological um, things out in your area. I think that's so true when you were saying it that like, if I were on vacation, I would have no problem trying out like a, a self-driving bus or something. That would be just right. the coolest thing. Great. Well, Phoebe, I have a few wrap-up questions for you. Sure. The first is, what is your biggest economic development secret to success for other economic developers out there listening? Yeah, um, I think if I can give a two-part answer, and, you know, the first one really isn't surprising. I think our biggest, you know, method to our success really is in those partnerships that I talked about. Um, it's, in, it's in our name. It's who we are. And I think it's something that also makes Orlando very unique and special because I hear about it. Um, from our Young Professional Advisory Council, all the way up to the executives we have in our office every day, but really how Orlando is a place where people, you know, come together and all you have to do to get involved is, is raise your hand and say, I want to help, I want to do something, I want to start an initiative, I want to, you know, impact the community that I live in. And so, I don't think an organization like ours would be quite as successful without the partnerships that we have and cultivate and those relationships that we have throughout the region. I think moving forward and building on those partnerships, what is going to be you know, a big part of our success is continuing to look into the future and continuing to anticipate different technologies and trends and demographic shifts. And so we've been working closely with a company that's based here in the Orlando region. They're based in Kissimmee, Florida, which is just south of downtown Orlando. Um, and they're called Kedge. And so they're a strategic foresight firm. And they work across the globe and they've been working with us to train, um, you know, myself and other members of our foundation team in this practice of strategic foresight. And so that doesn't mean that, you know, we have a crystal ball and can tell you what the future holds, but it really means that we're looking at you know, emerging trends and patterns that are happening today and trying to build out scenarios for what that may look like in in a more, you know, aspirational future or in a future where, you know, something goes wrong and then kind of coming to that market scenario in the middle. So what do we think the future could potentially look like and how do we take actions today to pull ourselves in that direction? So, it, you know, it all sounds very, very crystal ballish, when I talk about it and try to explain it to my friends, but it really, I think, is going to be a big part of our strategy moving forward and a big part of our success is really going to be anticipating those those shifts in either culture or values or technology as we kind of grow and figure out how to build a, a region that can adapt to those changes. Absolutely, that sounds great. Well, are there any economic development resources that you would recommend to the audience? Um, I mean, I would recommend looking into strategic foresight. Um, it's just been really eye-opening, I think, for, for me and a lot of fun just looking at some of these different tools and ways to think about how we take action today in preparation for the future. Um, in terms of the services, too, that we use, you know, we're pretty lucky to, to have the foundation that we have supported by our investors that allows us to have these different research tools. And so just coming from a data nerd standpoint, you know, I've really enjoyed 
Um, we use JobDQ and Chimera Economics, and then GIS WebTech is our web partner for our properties database. But the amount of information that they make available to the public through that platform, not just in properties, but in um, you know community data, they're all using Esri, they're using Esri reports and Esri data as well, has been I think really cool and is a really great tool to have on our website to kind of send out to our different you know city and county partners as they look not only for properties um, but also just that community data because the more the more connected we are to the data that and understand our community and our demographics, I think the easier it is to understand the directions that we need to go in. I agree, absolutely. Well, lastly, what is your favorite hobby? <laughs> That's a good question. Um, I don't know if it's my favorite, but I did just recently purchase a kayak, so I'm really excited about that. Because um, Orlando really is, you know, we're not on the coast, but the coast is close. Um, but it's really a land of, of lakes and different um, springs. And I really love the springs here. And it's probably why I'll never leave Florida is because I love the, the nature aspect of it so much. So I'm really excited to, to take that kayak and get out on the water and explore some different, some different waterways that I couldn't normally get to just by renting one. Great. Well, thank you so, so much, Phoebe, for joining us today. I really appreciate everything that you've shared with us. It's been such a wonderful episode, and I'm sure the audience will have found it extremely helpful as well. So thank you. Awesome. Well, thank you for having me. It was fun to get to talk about all of that and wrap it all together. Economic Development Secrets is brought to you by Impact Dashboard, the only impact software built for economic developers. For more information on this podcast or to listen to past episodes, check out www.impactdatasource.com.